Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew, live from the home of the Brewery Network, the Hop Grenade in downtown Concord. How's everybody doing tonight? Did you turn the, on the on-air yeah. lights so everyone out there I knows did. that we're on the air? I did, but they don't play us out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, we're not... Yeah, uh, they won't know otherwise. No. No. <laughs> and they won't care either, but... No, they won't care. <laughs> no. no. They're, they're, they're happily drinking beer. Look at it. It's a nice crowd out there. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. You know, we get a little crowd every, every now and then here. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jason, and with us, as always, Brian and Lee, who are the uh, brains behind the handsomeness that is Dr. Homebrew. Thanks Brain, for joining brains. us, fellas. More brains. <laughs> we definitely More need that brains. around here, that's for sure. Zombie beer. Uh, this show, uh, like every show, is brought to you by Five Star. You go to fivestarchemicals.com. You learn all about how to properly clean and then sanitize your home brewing equipment. We've talked about it every show, before every show, and, and sometimes during every show. Um, sometimes during, well, whatever. And, and always for extended sessions after the show, but you guys don't get to hear that. No, that's the, uh, that's the paid content. That's behind the paywall. Right. And, uh, yeah, so um, anyway, uh, fivestarchemicals.com. Learn how to uh, properly clean and sanitize your stuff. Uh, here's a hint. You can't do it all at once. You've got to clean it first. Then you got to sanitize it. And the folks at Five Star Chemicals know all about that kind of stuff. They do it better than anybody else on the homebrewing market. Check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. Man, it's, it seems like we've been a, it's been a while since we've been in the studio. I think last time we were recording in December? No. no. January. We're here we January. Yeah. Twas January. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just beer week was in the middle. It seemed like a month. Yeah. That's probably beer what it was. Beer week and yeah. the San Francisco uh, beer week fest and the 5,000 events to go to. and All the craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys do anything for beer week? Anything fun? Went through three livers. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Dave Techum and I do a beer judging 101 class every year and uh, <laughs> train some unsuspecting prospective judges that uh, don't know what they're getting themselves into. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. yeah. Went over the Tornado Barley Wine Festival. Oh, yeah. Had a bunch Ooh. of barley wine. That was good. Get yelled at? No, I didn't get yelled at. No? I was lucky. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah. I yeah, went I to... Yeah, that's your job. You can yell at me here. <laughs> Just went, go ahead. Yeah. There was the unofficial second anniversary of Altamont Beer Works one night, and then the official first anniversary of Eight Bridges Brewing, and, you know, both locally. So I went to a lot of local... Beer Week events. That was fun. That's good. You got to <laughs> keep it local, man. At least give the local folks some love. Yeah, I didn't do anything at all. No. I didn't go out for Beer Week. I stayed in. I was a hermit. I was a recluse. But that's what I do. A recluse. Is we, it for a reason? We celebrate in our own ways. Yeah, we celebrate <laughs> in our own ways. Steve's here. He's one of our guests tonight. Um, did you do anything fun? Oh, yeah. Uh, Get on that, I, Mike. Get on oh, that. Sorry, is that a little yeah. better? Yeah. Right. 
Uh, I actually went to the Tornado Barley Wine Festival last year. It's a great ah. little event. Uh, I went to a wonderful little uh, dinner and beer pairing over mm-hmm. at Elevation 66 in El Cerrito. Um, yeah, just a couple. Yeah, I, I, pretty low key this year, but yeah, wonderful event out there in SF Beer Week. Fun, yeah. I think SF Beer Week is a good idea, but it's uh, I don't know. For me, there's too much, so I didn't even look at it this year. I didn't even look at the calendar of events. I didn't even care about it. You have to pace yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And then there's, yeah, the people that wait in line for hours, you know, for, for that beer. And then <laughs> it's gone. It's like, wow, yeah. you did that. Okay, cool. Wait, is that the Baltimore <laughs> to beers on this show? The the P, the E? or Oh, or Play P, of the, the Elder? The oh, yeah. It's, the no. beer that can't be named? No, no, <laughs> not at all. I was, just, I was just, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, do you wait in line for those things? Is that, oh, no. Is that uh, I, I mean, uh, I, IPAs are cool. Yeah. Um, I got nothing against them. Uh, but I'm not waiting in two lines when there's so many other things yeah. to try out. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of our. What if you luck out in your alehouse on a Tuesday night and they're, oh, we just put one on, you know, and yeah, nobody knows there. and there's no line, so. You'll fine. be fine. Yeah. You'll be all right. There's there's a lot of other good uh, Imperial and Triple IPAs. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of beers, we have a couple good beers in, in front of us. We have a red from Steve. Uh, are we doing that first? Yeah. Okay, we should probably do Why that not? first then. Yeah. Sorry, Garrett. I know Garrett's listening. And he brought, what did he bring us? An Imperial uh, Russian, Imperial. Russian Stout. A Russian Ooh. Imperial Stout. Awesome. Always a good choice. <laughs> he was here. Oh God! He happened to be visiting out here a couple of weeks ago, and he's like just telling me stories about this beer. And he's like, "I wish I had some more left. Oh, maybe I do." And so he found some. I think <laughs> this is like the last of his stash. Ah. And uh, so you know, he wants some good feedback on it. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, and then we have a red ale. I really like the red style. You know, it's it's something not a lot of brewers Tommy. do. I do really. You want to move the camera? I'm just I'm not in the mood for charades tonight, Beverly. You're flipping me off. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. We can look at Brian the rest of the night. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brian will start flipping you off now. Brian should start flipping me off. I probably deserve Brian? it. Brian? Which finger is it? Oh. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to ask. You shouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been so long since I've driven. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's get into uh, let's yeah. get into Steve's beer. What do you think? It's Let's open. Do it. Uh, do we have some it's glasses? Open. We'll do it. Open. Yes. Right. Yeah. Glasses. Line up here. We'll pour. This is the uh, Raptor Red. I actually haven't really tasted this either. We just bottled it about ten days ago, so it's still pretty young. Um, pretty basic recipe. Uh, you know, two malt, crystal sixty, and a little bit of chocolate malt, more for uh, color and just a little full body. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Bev, do you want any of this? <clears throat> that smells uh very good. A little fruity, maybe? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, probably a little hoppier than uh, most. Uh, usually hop on the high side just because that dies down pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Rolling. All right. I've only been brewing for about a year and a half, so I'm still learning like everything. But <laughs> Is this uh, all grain or extract? Uh, all grain, actually. Okay. How many all grain batches have you done? Probably about uh, 10 all grain, uh, about 30 overall. We do, uh, Me and my girlfriend, Izzy, we do it um, about every other weekend okay. uh, just to kind of... And by do it, you mean it. brew. Yeah, yeah, brew. Sorry. Yeah. We do it much more than every other weekend. Oh, nice. I wasn't... No. She's a lucky person. But brew <laughs> sure. every other weekend. That's cool. Good times. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian, what do you think? Do You're it. in the hot seat now, man. Do it. Go for it. Um, you know, I, the, the, the hop aroma overall was, was fairly low. It wasn't like super crazy intense, like some of the really, um, wild, you know, modern 
amber uh, or red ales, as they, you know, some are called. But yeah, it has. It did, I did notice it right away. It had a light citrus and and maybe kind of a low earthy note under that. Um, the malt comes across with this medium light kind of bread crusty note to it, and um, a lighter chocolate and and a toasty quality in there too. Um, fairly strong fruity esters, a pretty fruity beer. It does it does smell fresh, uh, and a little bit of a low alcohol note seems to come through there too. Um, the color is pretty. It's just a nice basic amber as as advertised. Uh, I had a low off white head that, that faded fairly quickly, um, and I don't know if there was any you know. A, sometimes the bottling issues will 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 cause a head to. Uh, fall flat more quickly than it would if you're pouring it from your keg and it's and it's primed and ready to go. Um, and I did notice that, that you know in the mouthfeel the carbonation was maybe a little light, but yeah. um, and mostly finer bubbles. You know, looks it's a pretty beer. It's fairly pretty, quite quite clear, easy to see through it, and little kind of orangey highlights in there. Uh, Flavor wise, the toasty malt kind of comes through up front. And I really enjoyed that, but it, and there's mm-hmm. a low kind of caramel undertone. It's kind of a departure from some of the amber ales that you get. They're just one-trick ponies of caramel only, you know. Now, we're, we're judging this as, as a amber ale, right? American amber uh, 10B. Okay. Do you think they're ever going to get a red ale category in there? This basically yeah. is it. Yeah? As far as I can tell, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think with the new style guidelines, there's going to be, like, you know, uh, red IPAs, and there's going to be some other style, yeah, some other styles of... of American. Wait, how do they go from not having a red category at all to a red IPA category? There's going to be like six different IPAs. Like stupid. white IPA, yeah. red if, IPA, if, brown IPA, black IPA. Are you serious? If that ever gets launched. Imperial yeah. IPA, you know, probably what the f- triple IPA. IPA. What's a white IPA? What's a white IPA? Uh, uh, Is that like, like a blue a, moon with a bunch a of hops in it? with a wit beer kind of yeast and maybe <laughs> really? some yeah. coriander. Yeah, there, People do that? They're out there. There's yeah. some commercial really? examples yeah. out there. Uh, Name four. <laughs> I can't do that. See? Hold on, let me get my phone out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't name four, but we're going to have a category. You're going to have to learn about it. Yeah. And judge it. You sound as happy as I do about it. <laughs> yeah. it, was a, uh, it, it was hard to learn all the categories in the 2008 style guidelines. So, yeah. yeah now it's like 50% more. Is they, this, isn't um, the Juice of Chainbreaker a white IPA? Yeah, Chainbreaker. Yeah. That was the name I was trying to think that's, of. That's the one I know I've had. I don't know if it had Corey. See, we named it, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. It's a style, JP. I always ask for four of everything because anybody can name one thing of any yeah. example for anything, but well, four is really tough. Or, or Vol. It's its own style, right? You know, it needs its own category. Finish the sheet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> smack, smack, smack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great, bro. The hot bitterness was oh, uh, uh, medium, maybe bordering on medium high it's a little maybe a little bit rough coming through a little bit but not 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 too harsh um hop flavor was fairly low pleasant and, and lightly citrusy in there with the malt you know really the toasty malt kind of won out the battle there it was it's a maltier edged beer uh fairly clean presentation as far as fermentation everything goes uh, but yeah definitely balanced the malt more of what i would call a classic amber ale um Body-wise, uh, medium-bodied with a moderate. There was a little bit of astringency coming through there to me, and uh, did have a little bit of warmth, but not offense, not not sharp or hot or, or offensive or burning the back of your throat. It was just you know nice and pre- pleasant little warmth in there. Um, not super creamy or smooth. It has more of a little bit of a uh, that bitingness to it, but at the same time, the carbonation is kind of medium low, a bit low for the style. 
So it does, it's not super prickly, but it's a little biting in the astringency kind of element, uh, like sucking on grape skins a little bit. Not, you know, not offensive or harsh, just a, a light note of that. <laughs> so yeah, pleasant drinking American Amber more in the vein of classic style, I would say. Could use a, a bit more of that caramel sweetness to balance out some of the other elements that are there and maybe a little less of the, the toasty malts uh, that may be in there. Um, you, you can avoid the astringency by um, a little more carefully sparging. Keep your sparge below 168 Fahrenheit. Uh, make sure your final runnings are, are running over 1008 and uh, pH less than 6. Uh, and then dr- bring up the CO2 level, and, and this is a lovely beer. I gave it a 31. I thought it was a pretty, pretty well, uh, smooth drinking beer. All right. Yeah. Lee, go uh, for it, buddy. I would agree with most of that. Um, I mean, it's a really pretty beer. It's this nice sort of mid-amber, almost coppery kind of color. Very, I mean, just brilliantly clear. It's really pretty to look at. Not much head on it. And I think that probably has something to do with, as Brian noted, the carbonation seems a little bit low. It may not have quite finished carbonating yet. Um, medium caramel sort of aromas. Um, got some low berry esters that sort of that became more prominent as the beer warmed up. A little bit of a kind of grassy hop aroma, almost apple like and definitely some toasty malt character in there as well. Uh, the flavor is sort of medium caramel, fairly strong gla- grassy hop, and a moderately high bittering for the style, um, which tended to f- edge towards a kind of lingering astringent finish. Not horribly astringent, but definitely it's it's got this kind of unpleasantly overbittered kind of character to it from the hops. Um, balance start sweep moves into that that territory, but it has some sort of nice lingering uh, berry esters, maybe a little hint of some tropical esters too. And I was sort of thinking I might have been picking up a little solvent in the finish, but I wasn't really sure. Like it might have been a slightly hot ferment. And I'm still not really sure on that. Maybe. Um, so you're saying the the, the bitterness, it, it, it's not balanced with any sort of like a mouthfeel or any for, for me malt? For me, the, the astringency and the bitterness are, are overbalancing this beer. Mm-hmm. They're, they're overbalancing okay. the malt character here. Um, overbalancing. I've never heard. I've never. It's out of balance. It's, heard that I term mean, before. Yeah, over, yeah. Overwhelm, overwhelming would be a little harsh in this. It's, okay. it's not like the dominant. It's not like the only thing going on in here. But right. It definitely is impacting the balance. It's much more. It starts out kind of sweet in the flavor, but it just moves into this sort of harsher hop finish. It's not very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It'd probably be at home in a lot of West Coast IPAs, but a more restrained beer like this without the big hop burst in the nose, it's not. Um, so, I mean, basically, I think it's a pretty good recipe. Probably need to throttle back on the bittering rates a bit. Um, we should probably ask you a few questions about how you handled your hops and what strains of hops you used. Uh, the grassy aroma is a little little odd. I don't know what kind of hops you used in there for, to get that. Yeah, I think it was um, a Columbus. Uh, Sam Forge, I didn't bring your recipe with me, but I think mm-hmm. it was a Columbus, kind of the higher end. Uh, just because I know typically with bottling, especially aging a couple more weeks, uh, typically it it might drop quick. out. It'll yeah, smooth yeah. out a bit. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it was just bottled 10 days ago. Maybe that plays in the carbonation stuff too a little bit. But um, Is it yeah, bottle conditioned? Yeah, bottle conditioned. Okay. Yeah. 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 It might come up a bit in a few days or so. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Maybe it'll help with the astringency, but I'm kind of, I'm not sure I'd bet on that one. But I would yeah. probably throttle back the IBUs in here by, I don't know, 10 or 20%, try and get that go away. Or play around with whatever you use for bittering hops. Maybe if you use Columbus, maybe substitute some of that with something like Magnum. Yeah. You know, it's just really clean, neutral bittering hop and get around some of that, that astringency. You didn't do anything crazy like pressing the juice out of the hops in the bottom of your... Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, nothing like that. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not um, going for red IPA or anything. Right. Yeah. Squeeze <laughs> the bag for the last drop. Yeah, that always has bad bad impact. Um, yeah, something like that would probably help, I think. Um, and then, actually, I think then, this would be a really nice beer. Right now, it just has that kind of in the finish with that. that and you mentioned the, the uh, I believe you mentioned the carameling uh, hot or carameling malts and stuff like that. Is that more like the, the Crystal Sixty? The crystal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say it was, a Crystal Sixty would, would be nice, and it's to bump that up a little bit if you didn't use much of that. Yeah, it was more like like one pound, I think, out of the the twelve or thirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the, the little chocolate note that was in there was kind of nice too. So I was yeah. very pleasant. Lose yeah. that, um, yeah. you, you might get a little more color <laughs> too. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> if you if you used a lot of Munich malt or something like that in this, you could back that up a bit. I'm not I'm not oh. sure what what you put in there. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was mostly two row and I think a little crystal uh, crystal sixty, but yeah, not much. So mm-hmm. hey, excellent, thank you. Do you have any questions for the guys? Uh, actually, I just had a question. Um, when you were asking me, like, what style is it supposed to be? Uh, it was basically like a red ale, uh, but anywhere like American or Irish. What's the difference between the two, I guess? I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm still a baby brewer, so <laughs> I'm learning. Yeah. That's a good question. Well, the, the American Amber Ale is basically kind of a, a offshoot or a split of the category of the American Pale Ale. So, I mean, they're really very closely related, and a lot of beers could probably fit and almost fit in either the American ambers tend to be a little more balanced to the malt than the hop and have a lot more caramel malt than in them than the American amber ales do. Sometimes a little sweeter. And, yeah, a yeah. little sweeter, rounder, malt. a little less hop forward, uh, but they're very similar otherwise. Uh, the Irish ales are uh, way, way less hop forward. I mean, there's really mm. not much hop in the nose of the flavor at all. They're not the gonna bittering be, is just to balance. Yeah, they're not going to be very caramely. They, they tend to use, um, uh, what, what is that, the, the malt they use to color it usually? A little darker. Um, oh, um, not Karastan, right? No. Um, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably get away with Munich, but it's not that. A little Dark brown Munich. malt, amber malt. Yeah. I don't know. No, it doesn't taste like that. Hmm. Anyways, those, those tend to be very hop hop um, restrained. Yeah. Um, okay. Some of them will be lagered. Even the ale ones usually don't have a huge ester profile to them. They're just a very smooth drinking, easy drinking sort of beer. Um. Sometimes lager. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. yeah I, was, I, was, I was just curious. So yeah. Well, basically, so, everything I mean, Americans hop heavy. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. As usual. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could try and convert, you know, throttle the hops way back and make this into an Irish ale. Yeah, it would almost work. I mean, the caramel probably not too bad for that. Yeah, I probably need a little more. Um. Yeah. You might get a little, just a threshold diacetyl in some of those, or maybe a little higher, but not much. You don't want it to be a big, big note. But a little bit of that might be okay in an Irish ale. Um, and you know you succeed if you just get something that's almost irresistibly drinkable, even though it's not full of <laughs> hops and all sorts of crazy stuff. It's just smooth. You know, it's almost like an Oktoberfest in that way. It's just yeah. smooth. If you get it right, it's smooth. It's wonderful. It goes down easily, and that's right. it. Yeah, it's a couple of those going for. But, yeah, it was sort of a little hop-heavy because like a little hoppiness, you know, mm-hmm. B- being here in the Bay Area, everybody does, right? For, yeah. Well, well and, some people do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and actually, this this I would say this is firmly in the territory. What you've got here of an American Amber Ale uh, is, is do a little something about the, the roughness of that hop character, yeah. uh, and you'd be fine. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, so Jamil's recipe for Irish Red uses uh, six ounces of Crystal 40, six of Crystal 120, and six ounces of roasted barley. So that's where the color from the beer is mostly coming from that roasted barley and and the darker crystal. So yeah, you can you can it, the roast comes through a little bit and it it's it it's got this kind of not roasty 
intensity like a stout or anything like that, but it has a little edge to it with that the roast uh, and roasted barley is the, the malt I was trying to think of. Yeah, so that's a lot of music to color it. Yeah, and in the end, I think I scored mm-hmm. this. Uh, no, I know I scored this a twenty-nine. Okay, right? uh, thirty-one. Yeah. yeah, so average thirty. Yeah, respectable right. score. That's pretty good for being. A, well, you say you brewed for about a year. About a year, year and a half now. Yeah, yeah, and you got a lot of batches in your belt. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, practice makes perfect. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you you can't master a style or, or you know hope to do it do it well if you don't do it more than once. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And mm-hmm. this is like our uh, I think our first batch was was like an Irish red that just came in the kit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so this is our first time kind of doing one on our own. You know, kind of doing to our taste. So uh, now with this feedback, we definitely go back and. Uh, Oh, hope I can bring guys another one here in a couple months. And yeah, uh, yeah, all right, we'll Please be here. Do, man, I appreciate the energy. It's a lot of fun when you're just in that those initial stages of brewing and like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I can do this, I can do that, and and it sounds like you're 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 doing some uh, some teamwork there at home, and that's that's cool to involve the the family. Yep. I got my wife to brew once. <laughs> I did a lot of the work. She still hasn't forgiven him. Yeah, and we put some, it was a blonde ale. We put some chili peppers in some of them. We called it hot blonde ale. Yeah, so it was kind of. Yeah. She still hasn't forgiven they him. Haven't, they haven't <laughs> named it as a style yet. No, but I did find uh, six white IPAs in <laughs> Deschutes Chainbreaker. All right, Blue Point White IPA. Never heard of it. Harpoon the Long. Thaw. Never heard of it. Sierra Nevada Sto- Snow Wit. Never heard of it. Oh, I've heard of that one. New Belgium accumulation. Never heard of it. There you go. All right. All right. Well, cool. You did it. Right. Hey, Brian found it. And <laughs> okay, that was only five. He hasn't heard any of them. It was only five, but yeah. I'm so dumb. God, you know, I was drinking IPA. Well, I wasn't drinking IPA. You were um, drinking IPA? I, I, oh, that's not true. I lied again. Um, I had some uh, a sip of an IPA a couple weeks ago, and uh, my friends were like, oh, yeah, that IPA it had this weird, funky flavor. I'm like, to me, it just tasted like hops and malt like i didn't even because i don't when i when i sip one or when i try it when i drink one i don't taste it i don't sit and like think about it like i do every other beer like all you the other beers it? no i don't even try to enjoy it at all it? no i just drink it and i go oh yeah that's an ipa and you know if i can taste hops and it's bitter and it's malty and it's balanced cool there you go but i don't get any deeper in it and i wonder if that's kind of messing with my palate no, like I'm not no. focusing on it. I'm not thinking I mean, about it. Yeah, I don't I mean, care about it. Not focusing on it isn't going to mess with your palate. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a huge character flaw in this room, but it's not going to throw off your palate. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to train it. I'm the, okay, I'm the shortest pygmy. Big right. deal. <laughs> That's yeah. why they put you in the tall chair. <laughs> right. But like, I mean, there's such a <laughs> massive difference in the kinds of hops that are out there, too. And a lot of the modern hops are coming out. And some of them have elements of, like, you know, these crazy tropical fruits and even, like, you know, blueberry notes. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Buzz. Bullets and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> no, mosaic is a really cool one. I mean, I, I like Citra, and uh, you know, has been out for a while, and that's a pretty popular one. But then there's just like brewers that they get experimental hop three five two seven and brew an IPA with it, blend with something else, and it's right. great. Sometimes, other times, might, yeah. might fall flat. But sometimes it's tropical fruit. Sometimes it's a sweaty gym sock. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. And you never know. But you got three hundred barrels of it, so Cheesy you got to sell onions. it. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, Steve, thanks, man. Appreciate right. you coming in. Thank You're more you. than welcome to hang out. We're going to try some of Garrett's beer here next. Cool. Thanks and for then, having uh, me, gentlemen. Got some other homebrew. Yeah. And so, you know, grab yourself a beer. Do we get a break. Yeah, we're I'll, union. Uh, we might have to shut down this studio. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Garrett on the line. He has a, a Russian Imperial Stout, and uh, we're going to drink on it, and we're going to enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. It's Dr. Homebrew. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. High Gravity Homebrewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit highgravitybrew.com Now, 
back to the examination. Welcome back. It's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. We should have, if uh, the radio gods are shining upon us, we should have uh, my close personal friend Garrett on the line. Garrett, are you with us? I am here. Ah, wow. You're mm. everywhere, it sounds like. I try. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How about you guys? Perfect. Hey. Just another beautiful day in the Bay Area, man. Right on, right on. I'm glad you made it home. You were hanging out, hanging out at the Hop Grenade for a little bit last week or a week after or whatever. Yeah, it was great to finally see the place. Good. Oh, you, and you brought some beers, and I should have brought them. I meant to bring them tonight, and I didn't do it. Garrett brought us some, apparently, beers that you can't get anywhere else. You're denying us Garrett's special beer. Us. Yeah. Yeah, and to tell you now when I'm not going to go home and get it. Yeah. yeah. So we're following you home. <laughs> what were those things, Garrett? Uh, you get brought to you a Surly Darkness from last year and a Surly mm. Smoke that's a couple years old. Okay. Nice. See? So we're in the Midwest now. <laughs> we are in the Midwest now, yes. Yep. Minneapolis. Right. Nice, nice. By the virtue of technology. Frozen up to our armpits in a snowbank. <laughs> wishing we had a nice, dark, surly beer. We were just talking about Minnesotans like me and pretend Minnesotans like Beardy. Right. <laughs> we were, actually. And uh, it's, it's very weird. People are very Apparently people from Santa Cruz uh, 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 get mistaken for people from Minnesota all the time. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there Not you go. Not by Minnesotans, though. Not by Minnesotans. Uh, so, Garrett, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Started in 2003. Uh, spent a few years brewing some really awful beer and then gave it up for a few years. Um, discovered the BN in 2010 and started brewing again. And uh, started doing comps and just kind of took things to the next level and uh, started actually making some pretty good beer. Oh, awesome. What's the story behind this thing, this uh, Russian Imperial Stout? So that started life as uh, a Jamil recipe that I tweaked a little bit. Um, the brew day pretty much just went sideways on this thing. Okay. Uh, my gravity came in really low. I ended up having to add a couple of pounds of DME and a pound of brewer's crystals to get it up to where it was supposed to be. Oh, wow. Um, How short were you? Uh, I don't have the exact numbers <laughs> on top. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was it Perhaps was low. best not to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at any rate, it fermented out okay. It tasted pretty good. And then when it came to carbonation, it was uh, carbonating the keg, and it was over-carbonated, then under-carbonated. And, I, again, like I say, if I, something could go wrong with this beer, it did. Ultimately, I ended up sending it off to uh, Minnesota State Fair Homebrew Comp and uh, got some pretty nice scores out of there, but didn't even make... Uh, mini best to show around with it um considering the uh the scores on it so i figured i'd send it over to you guys see if you could tell me if the if your scores match up with what i've been seeing elsewhere and, and maybe give me a reality check okay i think we can do that yeah it's on awesome. tap out front isn't it yeah i think so is it really i don't know yeah, yeah, i wish it was yeah. reality check it's true yeah it's a pilsner from moonlight mm. it's a local joke you wouldn't get it garrett <laughs> <laughs> um lee yeah. Start us off, buddy. Start. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Um, starts out with kind of a big cocoa coffee aroma, kind of a grainy base malt under that. Um, not a lot of esters, but some some berry esters underneath. And then as it warms up, you get a lot more kind of fig and dates. Actually, a fair amount of that, which is good. Um, medium kind of coffee, medium roast coffee kind of flavor. No hops were p- picked up in the nose, really. Seems like a clean ferment. I get a low alcohol note. No solventy or anything like that. Um, seems like a clean ferment. Fairly a little toasty hint to the malt appearance. This is opaque. You can, I couldn't really see through this with a with a flashlight. 
Um, couldn't see through it with a flashlight at all. Um, <laughs> black, maybe dark brown, but kind of black. This one maybe is a little clearer than the previous pour. Yeah, I see a little more through it. Um, low brown foam, uh, which fades to a bit of a, fades to a B. Doesn't have much head on it, but that's kind of okay for this style. They don't all have a good head. There's so much alcohol in them. And uh, definitely leaves a little bit of uh, some legs on the side, some nice alcohol sugar dribbling down the edge of the glass. Yeah. So it looks really good. Uh, flavor, chocolate and coffee is kind of what it leads off with. Some kind of cherry and berry esters and a little bit of toffee after that. Mm-hmm. Didn't really pick up any hops again. Balance is definitely to the malt. Finish is rich with some lingering esters and roast malt flavors. A lot of that kind of fig and date flavor in there again. Uh, nice complexity, good layering of those flavors. That sort of chocolate and coffee and cherry and figs, and it, it all just sort of piles up and gives you a lot of different flavors that really hold your interest. It's just what you want out of an imperial stout. Nice complexity. Um, a slight bit of a tart edge of the cherry, not bad. I mean, it's not like it's gone sour or anything. And a lot of stouts will have, and actually kind of can help a lot of them, that a little bit of tartness in the end, and it kind of helps balance it out a bit. Sorry, just pausing for a taste here. <laughs> That's all um, right. Yeah, medium high body, medium to medium low carbonation, clean alcohol warmth, medium high creaminess, not astringent at all. It's very smooth finish for a, for a big stout. Mm-hmm. Leaves a slightly sticky finish. It has a little bit of sweetness to it. Overall impression is a really nice example of a Russian imperial stout. Rich, many layers, smooth. It really engages the intention and rewards it with all these different flavors going on here. Um but it, um, so really, there's 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 some room for improvement, but we're getting to the point now where mostly I think we might be talking about stylistic and interpretational things. Um, maybe a little better head te- retention would help. You know, it's not required, but it always helps the presentation of a beer. So I mean, something like a little bit of wheat malt might help with that. Um, although that can throw off your flavor balance. Otherwise, not a whole lot though. But um, something like that might help. A little more carbonation might help. Also to drive the head. Um, the ester intensity works pretty well here. It really comes across as almost kind of a Brit- British-style imperial stout to me. You know, there's a lot of esters in here. There's no hops. And I think that's fine. And certainly if that's what you're shooting for, that's good. You've achieved it. Um, I think the level of in- esters here would probably not be good if you're going for a hoppy American-type uh, Russian imperial stout. But this this is really good. Those esters really help that's the balance, a good point. I think. yeah. Yeah, and um, the only other thing really is um, in some ways this almost comes across like a big, rich imperial porter. It's got a lot of chocolate and coffee, and it's all wonderful, but it doesn't have a lot of that kind of darker, edgier, ashier, roast malt, roast barley kind of edge to it. So it doesn't necessarily need it, but if you want to present it as an imperial stout for a competition— Having a little bit more of that sort of flavor there, it doesn't have to be a lot, just enough to make itself known, really, would probably help if, if you want to go for a, a better competition score. Hmm. But as it is, it's wonderful. I mean, I give this a 41. I could, well, it'd be hard to drink it all day, but I, I could hurt myself trying. It's very nice. It's a very nice beer. You did a good job on this. E- even after all the conniptions you had to go through to get here with it. Right. Awesome. Cool. Brian, hey, that's you, buddy. Yeah, it is me. I, I agree with a lot of what Lee said about the beer. It is a, in the aroma, you get a rich, pleasant roast character up front. Uh, some clean kind of cherry-like esters and that medium, medium-low level. 
uh, no detectable hop in there. Um, and some, you know, other malt characters, it's got this supporting kind of semi-sweet chocolate note in the aroma, uh, some coffee. And to me, it wasn't overly fruity like, like some of these beers are. Like you get this, uh, the fruity edge to the dark malts in the aroma that, uh, you know, sometimes pokes through. But um, you definitely get a little bit of that alcohol. You can get a little, pretty smooth, though. This It's not like a biting, like, wow, there's some sharp alcohol here. It's just smooth and, and seems very clean. Uh, Appearance-wise, again, yeah, deep black color, basically opaque, uh, with a low-light tan head faded fairly soon. Then that's okay for the style. Uh, as Lee said, maybe some some judges would would prefer it to be a little stick around a little better, but that's that's a very fine point for this beer. Most judges will let that pass. I gave it a three for appearance out of three. Very fine bubbles. Uh, some legs evident, uh, clean to the edge of the glass there. Um, flavor wise, it 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 had a different impression in the flavor to me than it did in in the aroma. It came through with the smooth, rich malt flavor with roasty and rich chocolatey notes prominent. And it even had a little kind of vanilla and, and a light kind of boozy element to it. Um, and it doesn't seem like this was a barrel-aged beer. It, it, just, it, it seems like, well, it's, it's probably a slightly aged beer. <laughs> but um, yeah, it sounds like this may, might be your last few bottles of it. <laughs> but anyway, um, it was sweeter and fruitier in the flavor than in the aroma to me. And uh, that, that sweetness came through uh, pretty nicely. Bitterness was, was medium-low with a uh, clean ale ferment apparent kind of again on the the uk side of the flavor spectrum i see it looks like you used a uh, uh an english ale yeast for this one so actually uh, blended the yeast on this oh, one. okay so, yep so i used uh two vials of the 007 and a one vial of the 004 irish ale the irish okay. oh wow yeah okay. so is that what's throwing that cherry flavor um i, I think that's he, just from your malt it, did you put any munich malt in here that's the first place I'd look. Um, no, special it was uh, Maris Otter, oh, Caramel Munich. Pale Ale, yeah, you got Munich. And that, that was it for the uh, base malt. Munich Caramel 60 Love. That's probably the, oh, where the cherry's coming there, from. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, the English, the 07 is the English dry ale, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that may throw some esters, too. Depends on your temperature, but... You know, yeah, you've got a high gravity beer oh. here. It'll probably push it. Those yeasts should do fine for the beer. I mean, you can yeah. you can brew it with a, a American ale yeast, and it might be a little less interesting than this one is to you know to me. Exactly. So, so there's a threshold. There's a point where if you use too much Munich, you're going to get some of these like stone fruit, or is it particularly cherry flavors? Or Munich malt just that? tends to have a cherry flavor to it, no matter what. Yeah, there's pretty no, much. Okay. Well, the more you use, the more you get. Well, yeah, but I mean, and d- different no... brands will have a different character. Like some of the American ones almost taste more like Skittles and, than cherry, but huh. okay, <laughs> yeah, mm. taste the rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, hmm. so sorry, this was an all, all green. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. excellent. Um, okay, so yeah, continuing that the you know. Pretty firm, smooth alcohol in the flavor, uh, and a sweet chocolate that just lingers in the aftertaste and keeps going. Uh, finishes kind of medium sweet, and it seemed like a good place for it to be. I I, I liked it uh, even more when I got to the flavor. The aroma was you know had some nice elements to it, and it was promising. And then it just just delivered in the flavor in a kind of a surprising way. Um, medium full body in the mouth feel with a, a, a somewhat of a. a, a a toasty toastiness to it like not not sharp warmth but just a mm, nice smooth warming poking through there as in i'm gonna get toasty if i drink too much of this um 
no obvious strangers here or anything like that. Just uh, fairly creamy and smooth, uh, and the carbonation is medium low as it kind of should be, staying out of the way. Um, yeah, very nice overall Russian Imperial style with some interesting contrast between the, the aroma and the flavor. Uh, the slightly boozier and, and, and vanilla kind of and sweetness in the flavor and a lot of interesting elements there. Yeah. It kept it fun. And uh, it it did have kind of a barrel-aged quality to it, but it doesn't seem like it's barrel-aged. But, um, you know, it, it, it seems like, it, yeah, it, it How might old is be. this beer? Uh, this was brewed it's, almost a year ago. Actually, oh. almost a year to the day. Okay. Yeah, it, it tastes like it's definitely got some age on it. Yeah, you it's know, got, got a little that bit character of, you get. That, that sort of old caramel kind of flavor. And some age better than others. It's, you know, this one is aging nicely. and, and uh, packaged yeah. well and, uh, yeah, you know. nice job. Yeah. I gave, yeah. It a, I gave it a 38 overall, so... No, where, where do we, how do we fall in line with the the those crazy Minnesota judges like <laughs> Al Boyce and some of those guys over there? So you're kind of confirming what I thought from from the scores that I had gotten that they were coming in high. Um, you're more you're in line with another comp that I had sent it to almost dead on. So um, you kind of confirmed what I was thinking there about the scores from the fair, but uh, you know, hey, that's cool. And you sent yeah. it there fairly early in the beer's life, or that. That would have been last August. Okay, so not yeah. too early. Yeah. But that's still, I mean, that's, what is It's going to be a way different beer than it is now. It's like 80 months ago, right, yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, one other thing I'm picking up in the flavor here, which I missed earlier, and I'm kind of triggered looking at your recipe sheet here. I'm definitely picking up this mineral character, mm. the water treatment you did. Um, okay. <clears throat> it has a noticeable mineral character to it. And I don't know that that could be throttled back at all. I mean, you'd have to worry about how to balance it. But it's, it's an interesting addition, actually. But if you look for it, which I wasn't looking too heavily, it's really there. Hmm. Hmm. And if I might ask something real quick, uh, the, like, Biggie Dady, uh, oh, Dady. Um, <laughs> like, that, like that quality, is that from, like, the aging or, like, a particular mold or something? Prob- you know, it's a good question. Always, I, think I used to always think that was for men esters, but always uh, – there's, Very frequently shows up in dark beers. It could be the special bee that Brian's pointing at. There's a pound of special that's, bee that's in this a, bad boy. A common source of sort of plummy raisiny figgy, notes. Raisiny from that. notes. Yeah. This definitely has raisin. Um, sometimes I think the figgy malt, figgy figure date kind of esters might even come from some of the roast malts, but I'm not really sure that that works that way legitimately. It could just be a ferment ester, but it's interesting that that one always shows up in darker beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. With the Maris Otter base malt, is there anything you guys know about that? having like a maybe a lower extract potential because it seems like every time I use it I run into this low gravity situation and end up having to make up for it. It's probably it might uh, extract? I'm no, sorry, the, 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 well the having a low extract like Chris points, your points yeah. coming in low. No, it should No, the really extract shouldn't. should be fine. The enzyme I'm, level's probably not quite as high as the American ones. Um but the extract should be there. The extract amount. I mean, if you crushed it differently, you know, you might you you, you want to adjust your crush every time you're you're doing a different mall. If you're used to doing your your American two row and and you know, um, it might be a little, um, you know, the Maris Otter may be a little softer. You may have to I don't know crush it a little harder. What do you think, Lee? I don't know. I what are you using to crush it with? I've. You know, I've gone round and round with that malt because, again, I've had this problem numerous times with it. So I've got my mill, and I've had that set fairly tight. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I used on this run. But, you know, previous runs I've used the, the store mill, you know, just tighten down as hard as I can, loosen it up to leave a little more husk. 
you yeah. just trying different things, and it, it, it just seemed to have bad luck with that malt. As long as, you're, as long as you're looking at it, and you know most of the the all the husks you know are being crushed apart, and you're seeing exposed starches in there. Mm-hmm. I would suspect maybe more of a, a, a runoff issue. You're getting some some channeling through your 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 sparge when you know when you're running sure. off or something that's just killing your efficiency. It, it can happen. You know, you run it a little too fast for a second, and then you slow it down. It's like oh, a channel formed, and you're you're <laughs> yeah. screwed. And yep. the, other, the other thing I would say is, do you notice that in the context? Are you using that only for stouts? Are you using that for other beers as well? I've done some other beers with it too, and, you and still see uh, that. I just get that yeah. same effect. I seem to come in low, Weird. right? But you compensated well for it. It came out nicely. So hey, yeah. It's all I mean, good. a couple things I'm seeing here that I would, I would, I would maybe put some effort into to make sure you get extract. If you've got flaked oats, it might not hurt to gelatinize them. I mean, the flakes are supposed to be pre-gelatinized, but it's not always done very well from what I gather. So they might mm. not be 100 percent there. Oh really? And that could mm. uh, reduce your yield. How do you do that? Uh, just boil it. Just boil it for like ten minutes before you mash in. Oh, really? Till it gets all thick and gooey and chewy looking. Just make yeah. some oatmeal. It makes some oatmeal, yeah. basically. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the other thing is for your all your roast grains, roast malts. Um, I usually like to grind those up real fine. Uh, you'll get a better extract that way. No, I sure. actually use a coffee grinder. If you just put them through a regular mill, I mean that stuff is hard as a rock. Yeah. yeah. And you're, yeah. it's hard to get the extract out of those chunks. You know the stuff you get through a regular grain mill. So I think if you do it, do it, uh, grind them up a little bit finer, you'll get a better extract out of that. So you're talking about doing the like the fine powder grind and putting it over the mash at, during the sparge tech kind of technique, or just grind them fine from the get go? Um, I grind them fine from the get go and throw them in. You can put them on top if you prefer that. Um, I've done both ways; they they seem to work both. I've even done cold extracts on them before, and that'll work too. Um, but I always find I get better yield, and you'll get better color and flavor off it too if you do that. Excellent. Or I should say more color and more flavor off of it when you do that, as well as probably more yield. That has been on my list of things to experiment with, so I will definitely do that on my uh, my next batch of stout. Cool, yeah. Right. Send us some more. <laughs> yeah, please. yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any other questions for the guys, Garrett? I think we've covered it all. Uh, thank you guys very much for oh, uh, you know just uh, keeping me honest here, and uh, and I appreciate what you're doing. Oh. Hey, thanks for sending us Minnesota homebrew, brother. Yeah, great job, hey, no Garrett. problem. Yeah. All right, Garrett, take it easy, bud. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Cheers. Bye. Good beers, huh? Yeah, that was fun. We rarely get to any serious losers here on Dr. Home. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I mean, the brewers out there kind of know what they're doing these days, and it's there's a lot of great information out there. Uh, you know, like Doctor Homebrew, Zymergy, brew your own Doctor Homebrew, right. Homebrew right. clubs. Right. Uh, there's Not, this thing called the internet that I just never heard, about. heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah, not that we're not completely willing to help somebody with a totally bogus beer really learn about it. I would, yeah, I would kind of. That's the email I've actually been waiting for. A lot of those, like, uh, you know, I don't know what I did, but this tastes like dog urine, uh, and I need a lot of help with it. I do get some of those guys going. I was going to send you this thing, but I don't like hate you that much, yeah. and I'm like, no, that's what we're here for, man. This, if this- you don't know what happened, you know. I'm not going to drink it, but the, the guys will. Yeah. We should make it a beauty pageant. Like, look, which my beer is prettier than yours and better. Yeah. And, yeah. and we've got prizes well, for the low-scoring beer. So we want to give good, that solid one. feedback. And, and how do people send us their beers? You email jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. Okay. That's right. And you send us beers. You let me know, and I will contact you and eventually. That's right. Yeah. Do it often under yeah. multiple names. Yeah, bother me, please, because <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad at it. I'm, I'm, maybe I can con Beverly into doing stuff for me, but... No, you can't. Shit. <laughs> that sucks. 
right. I just woke her up, apparently. <laughs> no. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, we're going to take another break. And then when we come back... Um, Recap and that's wrap it. up. That's it. Recap yeah. and wrap up. Yeah. That's it. Lee, I knew I'd turn you into a good broadcaster eventually. No, I was just born this way. Oh, shit. Just like you and Lady Gaga. All right, it's Dr. Home, everyone. Back you know after the strange this. strange things? I think I actually share a birthday with her. Wow. Um, wow. You're a lucky man. <laughs> and a few decades between, but yeah. I don't know if that's luck. Yeah. You don't have and a mute dress in your closet, do you? Lee? A few dozen zeros in your bank account. <laughs> Not that I'm telling you about. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem you need the five star solution visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019 800-782-7019 and get the five star treatment today that's it i've had it i am never putting hops in my beer again what why it's just too ridiculous insane prices stupid contracts high shipping costs crappy selection dude you need nico brew nico brew will rock your f-ing face right the f- off your f-ing skull five dollars shipping to all 50 states plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on nico brew's great selection of hops and more whether you're a home brewer a pro brewer or a home brew shop owner nico brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small single orders spot buys or full contracts and there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere holy shit nicobrew.com n-i-k-o-b-r-e-w nico brew your bare bones buddy in the brewing business admit it Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. A few things happened 30 years ago. 
ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everyone, thanks for sticking with us. It's our recap, and then bounce which is when we get the hell out of here and go is that home. what that lingo is about that's what it means man we're we gonna bounce <laughs> it's not calling us dead cats it's not no damn um okay so steve's beer is red ale what uh what great advice did dr homebrew give him i like to throw steve's things beer. in balance right it was, it was well brewed there was a little it bit was. of stringency in it but that can be fixed very easily and okay. and um style wise it could have used a little more sweetness but it was it was pleasant like on the kind of classic end of the style but it still had enough hop to keep it interesting there was a lot of good things going for it yeah basically good beer a little bit of astringency in the end a little too much bittering i don't know if i think if you throttle back the bittering you may or may not need more sweetness in the balance i don't know what you think about that brian yeah. but um, i would maybe just that put, would let yeah, it come out more for push sure. some of those mm. columbus hops used toward the end and and maybe substitute some magnum for some of the columbus and yeah it'll be a different beer but uh and lighten it up just a little bit like you know, later hops always uh, a lot of times better. <laughs> yeah. Just like I, when I when I saw a really good uh, a pale ale recipe from a, a brewer actually in Minnesota, uh, in Duluth, uh, I was like, wow, you guys use that many hops? And this was like you know back in like 2003 or something. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, before anyone started talking about hop bursting, as so I was like, yeah, we you know we use that many hops into the boil, and it really you know makes a big difference. So it matters. you get some of the some of your bittering from your thirty minute addition, and you know give a pretty substantial addition at twenty and and zero and you know five and get you know just. But I mean, with this beer, you don't want to go crazy to push it off yeah. the American amber style. You'd be more into right, right. Know, yeah, you want to keep a hoppy it. red. What you what I would call, but yeah, keep it there a little bit. Keep it there. Keep it there. You know, just pull away, a little bit. Pull away yeah. the yeah. bitterness just a little bit. Okay. okay. Lee, you agree right. with that? Yeah. Okay. He has Steve, to agree with think? everything I say. Excellent. And yeah, I've actually, I'm making a, we're, we, sorry, Izzy, uh, we're making an imperial <laughs> stat right now. We're actually barrel aging it right now. Maybe we'll have to bring it back let you guys yeah. try Please do. That. You're interested. Yeah. Apologize for, to Izzy for a lot of things that have been said on this show. <laughs> Mainly by Brian. And, um, and then Garrett's beer, the Russian imperial stout. Very nice beer. Yeah. Kind of wasn't a lot, uh, a lot really going on. The uh, maybe kill some of that cherry flavor by what nixing the Munich. Um, I don't know that I would get rid why of that. Why kill the actually. cherry? Hmm. Yeah, why, why I don't kill know. the cherry? The cherry is good. Hmm. I don't know. I, maybe uh, is, it, is it desirable yeah. in a Russian imperial? Style? It's not overpowering in this case. It's just a no. note that you pick out. It's if like it these esters, another ester, it's fine. Are cherry like? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. No, mostly I think for that beer, um, it was pretty much fine as it was. If he wants it to present as a more classic imperial stout, maybe add a little bit more of the roast barley to it. 
Yeah. So for okay. that darker, right. ashy kind of note to it, just because um, it almost comes across like a porter, you know, because mm-hmm. it's very dark, chalky coffee kind of porter, but it's, it doesn't have a prominent sort of darker, roast, ashy kind of note to it. Uh, so that might help it. A little more head wouldn't hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, Oh, not a whole lot you can say. It was a damn good beer. Yeah, there are a lot of malts in the really in the recipe too. You could probably simplify it a little bit and, and pick, you know, three or three or four of those malts that you really want in there that you like the elements you're getting from it, and um, maybe lighten up the the special B just a touch. But he gave, um, he, he included yeah. some of those uh, score sheets. He was oh, hey, all right. on the fair. Didn't score that, yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, pull he it got in. a forty-seven on that beer. Damn, damn dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so let me run through his recipe real fast because I forgot to do it. Uh, this is for uh, a boil volume, volume of uh, 7.28 gallons. So, uh, you know, That's whatever. very precise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 15 pounds of Maris Otter, 5 pounds of Great Western Two-Row, a pound and a half of uh, black barley, a pound and a half of flaked oats, a pound of Special B, half a pound of Crystal 60, Crystal Munich, no, Caramel Munich 60, uh, half a pound of chocolate, half a pound of pale chocolate. There you go. Yeah. And yeah. I think the other thing we discussed maybe was grinding up his roast malt bill a little finer to try and get better extract out of it. Mm-hmm. That might actually – you might not actually have to add more black barley in that if you get a better extract out of that. It might bring that flavor up a bit more. Right. Yeah. And as for any competition, if you enter a competition, you get a 47 and a 43 as your score sheets. Even if your beer didn't advance to many best of show, just like – Go volunteer to judge that competition the next time because, yeah. you know, yeah, someone sent someone's some entered some good really in good there. beers and, and beat you out, but your beer was good. Oh, so. not, not because there's some weird yeah. stuff going on, but because there's some really there, good beers. No, in yeah, there. not yeah, weird yeah, stuff. Yeah. Okay. There's just, you know, wow, it's a quality yeah. competition. Yeah, somebody had a 46-point beer in there on a, average, so yeah. A mm. lot of entries in it, and the competition competition in, in stouts is always really fierce. Like, you know, we've run the um, the, the regionals for the, for the NHC a few years uh, my buddy John and I, and uh, yeah, Stouts was always like you know, 113 entries. Or something like, wow! And, and then you enter a mead, and you get an award just for showing up. Yeah. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, no second place yeah. awarded. I would have liked oh, to yeah. taste this beer six months ago. I bet it was. I bet that roastiness came through a little bit more. Just a little bit, yeah. You like can, in its prime right then. So yeah, you can hey. kind of almost taste what it was. Not that, not that it's yeah. you know by any means beyond its years, but. Uh, you, you can kind of get some of that flavor in there, yeah. I think, a little bit. Yeah, it aged well, but it's, yeah. It was... Yeah, uh, it aged nicely. I like that. Yeah. I'd actually be curious to see what a bottle of this would be like in a couple more years. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have one yeah. bottle that we can all fight over. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's Lee's. <laughs> hey, uh, just, just a quick question. With the competitions and stuff, um, is it better to have, because uh, I you know, to most people try to go for like a full body kind of thing, is it better just to have like three or four flavor notes or more than that it goes into like a dr pepper thing where it's like 23 flavors it's really just one flavor <laughs> yeah like as far as the complexity of your beers yeah, for a competition yeah, as far as like trying to get like everything like vanilla cherry, it depends it depends on the beer you know if you're if you're if the beer style is more complex like i mean this one you can get away with a lot more malts than you can a basic you know a pale ale or a a pilsner or something you know so yeah, yeah it just yeah. really depends yeah. on the style but you just want to hit the style be able to read down the the, uh, the BJCP guidelines and see that it's matching a lot, you know, a lot of those points. And you can download the app. Anyone out there who wants to learn more about beer styles, just search for a BJCP on your smartphone and and uh, download that app. And uh, you know, dig in as you're out there tasting beers. Just read along. You know, it's a good way yeah. to start studying. And then it might pique your interest. You may be interested in becoming a judge. So take beer judging 101 with us. 
We're doing one for Sack Beer Week coming up as well. Oh, so uh, March 7th up in uh, Rancho Cordova. Awesome. So, yeah. Can Anyone? you still sign up for that? I mean, you can still for sign our live up for listeners? that. All right. Yeah. Uh, for those yeah. of you who want to fly cross country and attend, it'd hey, be if worth it's it. worth it to you. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, Sack Beer Week. You might as well come hang out and drink some beers. How do they yeah, get they're, a? They're really. They... Uh, they're they're coming up there, and they've got a lot more breweries these days. There's yeah. a lot of areas do so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For a while, I think they were declining a little bit, and then it, it's come right back up. They're really doing well. So. How do they get a hold of you for that? If they want to uh, take that class. Well, you can go to. Uh, <laughs> the uh, eventbrite.com and search for beer judging 101 and it should be uh you know one of the only upcoming events that's coming out called that i would think <laughs> you would hope <laughs> if not the only right okay yeah cool man um I well guess, yeah eventbrite.com slash uh sack bw class 15 <laughs> is the actual link i'm pretty sure okay oh, wow. awesome well uh, speaking of stuff that's coming up um, if you are part of the BN Army, which uh, I'm sure maybe some of you people are, and you are local, and you want to come brew with us, we're having a brew day at Heretic Brewing Company in uh, in uh, Fairfield, I think. Yep. Fairfield. I get Fairfield and Vacaville confused. They're very very close to each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're we're joining with Quaff, the uh, the uh, venerable San Diego Home Brewing Club. And uh, we're going to be brewing a couple batches together. So uh, if you guys are interested in brewing with some people from Quaff, they're going to come all up here from San Diego and brew with us. You can email Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. I, myself, will be there brewing an ESB um, with someone called Michael. And I'm going to be brewing it on my Pico brew unit. Pico. I'm going I'm to get all the ingredients, and uh, Michael and I are going to stand there. We're going to push a button. And then we're going to go drink a bunch of beer for four hours and watch everyone have boilovers and burn themselves and all the kind of fun stuff that you don't get to do when uh, you have a Pico Brew. So I'm it really excited about like it. sounds like JP's kind of day. Oh, my God. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> excited about it. It's gonna be, we may even double batch and get wow. a full five gallons out of it. Nice. You know, Maybe we'll split the batch, do a little yeast trial or something. Who knows, man? It'll be a fun time. So uh, yeah, email justinthebrewingnetwork.com if, if you want to come and check out my Pico Brew unit. Uh, I'm really jazzed about it. Um, I think I'm going to brew. Um, I think I'm going to brew myself. Maybe Friday. Maybe I'll brew that Friday beforehand. Um, yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, okay, so now it's time for our awards. Awards. This is an awards show, people. Um, so we have our grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Forty dollar gift certificate to give away, and that's for the uh, you know in fun and in jest, of course, the lowest score. Uh, because, you know, if your beer is not going to taste uh, like a 50-point beer, it might as well look like one. Well, um, and the beer did look good. And it's it's Steve's beer. Steve's Ooh. beer. There you go, Steve. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, so that means the uh, highgravitybrew.com um, gift pack from uh, High Gravity Brewing Supplies it goes to uh, Garrett for his uh, Russian Imperial Stout showing. So uh, congratulations to everybody. Thank you very much for sending beers in and, and being really excited and everything. So, uh, Steve, eventually I'll give you that uh, your gift certificate to, uh, to <laughs> Grog Tag. You also get something from Five Star, our sponsor, for uh, just showing up and doing some stuff. And so uh, in a couple of weeks, look forward to, uh, to getting a nice little package of uh, cool cleaning equipment and all, or cleaning supplies and all that kind of stuff. From five star. Okay, I found the actual link. It's sackbwclass15.eventbrite.com. Interwebs. <laughs> You're a liar. You have to type so it exactly close. right or you won't go there. You're a liar. Anyway, if anyone wants to come join us, hit us up. Tell us you saw us on the, heard us on the Brewing Network. And we'll, right. We'll give you some free beer at the, at the class. Yeah, um, that'll be a good time, man. And, uh, you know, if you're going to take that class, 
Uh, I'm sure you're already a member of the AHA, the American Homebrew Association. They uh, they do a lot of stuff to keep homebrewing relevant and in the news and uh, free for everybody to do. So check it out, uh, AHA, AmericanHomebrewAssociation.org. Uh, become a member if you're not a member. Help fight the good fight and uh, keep everybody brewing some great beer. I actually just signed up yesterday. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So I could go to the uh, NHC. <laughs> yes. uh, also, if I could just get a quick shout out real quick. Yep. Oh, yeah. If you're in the Bay Area and interested in learning more about home brewing, uh, please check out the meetup.com, um, or you can also just Google San Francisco homebrewersguild.com or what, uh, sfhomebrewersguild.com, something like that. Yeah, just Google. Um, yeah, Google it. You'll find it. Uh, we have lots of great events. You can learn more. Um, yeah, it's a great little yeah. organization I've been with for about a year. A lot of cool. good guys in that club. We've had some of them on the show before, too. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. They meet at Anchor. That doesn't suck. Yeah, that, that doesn't does not suck, suck That's at true. all. Yeah. If you just want to go to Anchor but you can't get in, just pretend that you're interested in joining the club. <laughs> right. No, don't do that. That's not cool. Uh, anyway, everyone, uh, thanks a lot for, for sticking with us, and we'll see you next time, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. Cheers.